0: This is Morning Breath, your drive-time devotion sure to jumpstart your day. Hosted by Pastor Dan Stahlbaum. Morning Breath starts... Now.
1: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the program. It's Thursday, April 30th. I think I heard a rumor that they're going to do the stay-at-home orders going to end soon. Anyway, that's exciting stuff. Uh, I think everybody's ready to start doing a little bit. It doesn't mean we're... Don't be as safe as we can and take good precautions, but we're moving away from uh, one of the weirdest seasons in my lifetime and uh, never had a season this weird in my lifetime. Um, I know that uh, a lot of young people, you're thinking, wow, this is really weird. And as an old person, I agree with you. It is really weird. You know, in my lifetime, there's maybe only two events that, that even feel or seem like this and it would be 9-11. Mm -hmm. and this, you know, and uh, I was born, you know, in the 50s, and the Korean War was actually going on, but uh, I was too young to be involved in it or know much about it. I do remember a lot about Vietnam, almost went, I just missed the draft by one year. And so uh, two of the biggest events of my lifetime have been this and 9-11. Of course, both of these are negative Mm -hmm. events, which I think negative events kind of stick with you a little bit. And that, though I do remember assassination of presidents and, you know, Martin Luther King, I was alive for that. And JFK and his son, uh, and his uh, brother, what was it, Bobby, mm-hmm. Robert Kennedy as well. So I've seen a lot of things, but this is one of the weirdest ever. Anyway, Absolutely. welcome, everybody. Welcome. To our world. We've got a little bit different world today, but uh, we got a world where Jesus is Lord, and that's what we're trusting in, and we're morning breath. We get into the Word of God, read a chapter, spend some time in the Word, and then uh, we come down to the studios here, I spend time with Jesus, read the chapter on the air, and then we talk about wherever God leads
0: us in the chapter. My co-host today is Pastor David Gammon. How's it going, Pastor Dan? Good. Welcome, sir. I was listening the other day, and uh, a pastor... Uh, uh, Pastor Craig Groeschel, some of you guys might have heard of, him, he talked about a little bit what you're saying about. But every ten years in the ministry, there's some wild card thing that your church couldn't have planned for, couldn't have been expected, <laughs> yeah. and um and yeah, it's like feels like you know nine eleven, and then you know in the now in this era, we have this at the back end of it, and just kind of being prepared. And I, I love that you know we're able to as a church family, be able to press in together and, yep. and just seeing, and I know, um, regardless of what happens, I'm super proud of, of the church family and, and what the people of God have been doing inside of this season. Um, had an amazing food drop last week, which I thought was really cool. And, uh, just seeing people just, you know, reaching out and, and just giving hands up. Has yeah, been Really cool.
1: Yeah. How many, do we have a lot of people come for it?
0: We had a I lot. I wasn't,
1: I wasn't here for that.
0: Um, yes, yes, it was. We had cars wrapped around our buildings. Actually, when I pulled in um, to to come into to work, we actually could not even park in our, our main areas. But it was really, actually really inspiring to see how many people also were serving Yeah, that were saying, hey, and, and the age range of them. I mean, I felt like I saw 10 year olds all the way up to, you know, 80 year olds, everybody kind of doing what they could do and and um, helping people. So it, it's really, really inspiring. I can't wait to hear some of the testimonies of what God is doing throughout this season.
1: That's so cool. Yeah, we've heard some really great things. We're able to do uh we, we were planning on feeding, like, three different hospitals and all sorts of things last, uh, last week. And uh, we went to, I think, Domino's and said, hey, we wanted to do that. And they actually split the price with us. Domino's yeah. did. Come so it on. saved us $1,100 in feeding all the medical workers at three different hospitals uh, for, you know, lunch for a little while. And uh, Domino's bought half the pizzas. <clears throat> That's incredible. Very cool, isn't it?
0: That's is so cool. Oh, so,
1: yeah, lots of good stuff like that going on. And what's cool, what I think is especially cool, you know, it's one thing when the church partners with the church, but when the community partners with the church and the church is partnering with the community, I think those are the kind of bridges that we need to build.
0: Absolutely. So
1: very cool. Anyway, tell folks how to get involved, and we'll get moving
0: on this program. Absolutely. So what we do is we read a chapter the night before and then the, the day of, and then we go come into this Mary Island studio, and we talk about it. And the way you can be a part of that process is go to our website. You'll be able to see all of the chapters we've gone into. we got some recordings there. We also have a link that gets you to the podcast. If you're a podcast person, you'll be able to subscribe to it as well. Super encourage you to do that. So the website, that's ECCC.US. But the best way to get anything East Coast Christian Center is just get our app. Go to where you get your mobile apps from and put in East Coast app. You'll be able to get everything Morning Breath that you'll need, but also everything we're doing on the weekend services. You'll be able to connect with our small groups and really kind of cool to say our small groups that meet in person. And even now on the the horizon of our small groups that meet digitally and we're have you know, are learning how to do that in this digital world and still keep community. But whatever the culture of East Coast is and what the people of God are doing, uh, we're, we put on that app and it's a great resource to help you throughout the week stay connected to the people of God, And the word of God. So do that. Or just call the church at 321 452 1060 and we'll take care of you. Yep. Get you all
1: fixed up there. Mm -hmm. We're going to be reading chapter uh, 20 of Acts. Now don't forget to uh, join in with our online services on Facebook and all that other stuff. Really want to encourage you to do that. And David's giving you the website and the app, and those are are all great tools for that. Uh, Acts chapter 20, I'm going to read the first 19 verses and then you can read the last
0: 19. Perfect. And uh, what translation do you read from? I'm going New King James. Me too. Awesome. Then, Pastor Dan, I say to you, read, sir. After the
1: uproar had ceased, Paul called the disciples to himself, embraced them, and departed to go to Macedonia. When he had gone over that region encouraged them with many words, he came to Greece. He stayed there three months. And when the Jews plotted against him as he was about to sail to Syria, he decided to return through Macedonia. And so Peter of Berea accompanied him to Asia, also Aristarchus and Secundus of the Thessalonians and Gaius of Durban, Tenthi, and Tinthy, and Tychius and Trophimus of Asia. These men going ahead waited for us at Troas. But as we sailed away from Philippi after the days of unleavened bread and, and in five days joined them at Troas where we stayed seven days. Now on the first day of the week when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul, ready to depart the next day, spoke to them and continued his message until midnight. There were many lamps in the upper room where they were gathered together. In the windows sat a certain young man named Eutychus who was sinking into a deep sleep. He was overcome by sleep, and as Paul continued speaking, he fell down from the third story and was taken up dead. But Paul went down, fell on him, and embracing him said, Do not trouble yourselves, for his life is in him. Now, when they had come up, had broken bread and eaten and talked a long while, even until daybreak, he departed and they brought the young man in alive and they were not a little comforted. Then we went ahead to the ship and sailed to Azos, where intending to take Paul on board for so he had given orders, intending himself to go on foot. And when he met us at Azos, uh, we took him on board and came to Mytilene. We sailed from there. And the next day came opposite Chios. The following day, we arrived at Samos and stayed at Trogillium. The next day, we went to Miletus. And Paul had decided to sail past Ephesus so that he would not have to spend time in Asia, for he was hurrying to be at Jerusalem, if possible, on the day of Pentecost. From Miletus, he sent to Ephesus and called for the elders of the church. And when they had come to him, he said to them, You know from the first day that I came to Asia in what manner I always lived among you, serving the Lord with all humility, with many tears and trials, which happened to me by the plotting of the Jews.
0: How I kept back nothing that was helpful, but proclaimed it to you and taught you publicly from house to house, testifying to Jews and also to Greeks. Repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. And see, now I go bound in the Spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying that chains and tribulations await me. But none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself so that I may finish my race with joy. And the ministry which I receive from the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of grace of God, And indeed, now I know that you all, among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God, will see my face no more. Therefore, I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all men. For I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. Therefore, take heed yourselves and to do all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which has purchased, which he purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Also among yourselves men will arise, speaking perverse things, to draw away the disciples after themselves. Therefore watch, and remember that three years I did not cease to warn everyone, night and day, with tears. So now. Brethren, I command you to go and to the, to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I have coveted no one's silver or gold or apparel. Yes, you yourselves know these hands have provided for my necessities and for those who are here with me. I have shown you in every way by laboring like this, you must support the weak and remember that the words of the Lord Jesus that He said, "It is more blessed to give than to receive." And when He said these things, He knelt down and prayed with them all. And then they all wept freely and fell on Paul's neck and kissed him, sorrowing most of all for the words which He spoke, that they would have would see His face no more. And when they accompanied Him and and they accompanied Him to the ship, Amen. Amen.
1: <clears throat> yeah, this was a. a a couple of things stand out in this chapter, and one of the things that stand that stood out to me was, you know, Paul was very often an, an apostle, walked in an apostolic anointing, starting, planning, building churches. And to do that, you have to be an evangelist. And so he was out evangelizing, confronting with the gospel, going into synagogues who'd never heard about Jesus before, going into areas and all that. But in this chapter, we see Paul the pastor. Come on. He is pastoring these people. He loves them so much. He's so full of what he wants to say to them. He speaks for six hours straight, you know, from dinner till midnight. Some guy falls asleep and falls down and dies. Mm -hmm. And so Paul figures, well, since I went so long and somebody got so bored they fell down dead, I'll preach till daylight. (laughs) And then he preached till dawn. And uh, so, but we do see him pastoring in this chapter and i'll let you say whatever you want about that in a minute but the other thing that i see going on right here is uh we kind of get to a a a climax of paul's being led of the spirit in this chapter in chapter 17 the bible says he was provoked in his spirit in uh, chapter 18 it says he was compelled by the spirit in chapter 19 it says he was he purposed in the spirit and then in chapter 20, he says, I go bound in the spirit. And you just see some different ways that Paul talks about in the book of Acts, especially in 17, 18, 19, and 20, about how he walks with the spirit and how the spirit of God moves in him. And uh, of course, he ends up in this place where he says, and see, now I go, verse 22, I go bound in the spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing uh, the things that will happen to me there, except, and and then he shares that, you know, he says there's going to be uh, that in every city saying change and tribulations await, but Paul knew there was going to be more than that. He knew that that was the part that he felt like I got to go, even though this is going to happen. But Paul knew there was a lot of other great things that were going to happen. And we know that tremendous things happen. I mean, we would not have the what is it, 11, 13 letters, however many Paul wrote We wouldn't have them if he wouldn't have got arrested and, you know, had to write these letters from prison instead of go visit churches anymore. He had to visit them by letter. We see very powerful, you know, pen written letters. So anyway, we see two things that stood out to me in this chapter. that are a little bit different. uh, In one that we see Paul, the pastor, more than Paul, the evangelist or the apostle. And we see sort of this, this kind of, uh, Full circle of what the Spirit of God does in a person's life. He, he, uh, he provoked P- Paul in the Spirit. He compelled Paul. He purposed hmm. in the Spirit. Now he goes bound in the Spirit, kind of yeah. finishing this up. So anyway, those are things that stood out
0: to me. That's powerful. That's <laughs> really powerful. I love the, when it talks about this young man Eutychus and when it when it describes him. You know, falling asleep from the third story. First of all, I just like to say that if I'm on the third story window of anything, I am not sleeping. I am not sleeping on any level ever. I am terrified of heights, so no, that is not going down. Good <laughs> on this young man for being comfortable like that. Um, but I, I noticed a progression though that it, say, it says it said it overcame him, slept overcame him, and I want to ask you this question: When the word of God is being preached, what overcomes your mind? What is it? Is it your finances? Are you worried about that bill? What overcomes you to actually cause you to fall asleep or break connection from what your father is saying? Because that's about to lead to death, all right? Mm. And I want to just speak on on the real here. If you're in church and you're thinking about that man or you're thinking about that woman, and it is something that sh- that is, is stealing your attention from what the Word of God that that the Holy Spirit has orchestrated for the family and the people of God to gather and hear on that morning, or what what you're trying to press into, that needs to be a red flag to you. If you're more worrying in the moments where you just need to be in maybe your quiet time than something, then needs to be a red flag to you. If it's a financial situation or maybe an anger you have towards a boss or a coworker or a family member, that needs you need to say, wow, I'm being overcome by this because greater is he that lives in you than he that lives in the world. So the spirit of God in you should not be being overcome in your thought life by anything because that's going to lead to death. But I got good news for you. If you are being overcome in your mind, in your heart by a temptation or by a trial, that Jesus wants to resurrect what is dead in you. Jesus wants to, in that area where there it leads to death, he wants to Bring life into that. So if there's a temptation, he wants to break you of it. If there's a trial, he wants to break you through it. But you have to realize that that's going on inside of you, okay? So just shooting that flare up there just for a little introspective time here as we go into the 20th chapter of Acts.
1: that's powerful. Uh, What about this one, David? You said that if you're in a trial and that's kind of stealing your mind from the Word of God and and the attention you should put on the Lord, or if it's a temptation and that's stealing your mind uh, from... I mean, the trial would be worry. Mm-hmm. You know, you're worrying and the temptation. You'd be, you know, imagining sinful, you know, mm-hmm. things you shouldn't be imagining. But what about when you just get distracted? Yeah, me. <laughs> you know, I, it's like me. If you say squirrel, I look over there. Yeah. I want to see the squirrel. You know, sometimes I'm just like, I think about a conversation I had with somebody yesterday. And it might even have been a godly conversation. I mean, I can remember uh, yesterday I was talking to somebody about some, some things of God, and, and when I read something in this chapter, it, I started thinking about it, and I looked up, and I'd read, and honestly, I'd read from, like, verse 26 to verse 38, and I don't have a clue what I'd, I'd read, because I was so busy thinking about my conversation with that person, and I had to stop and go, whoa, wait a minute here, Something's pulling me away, and I didn't even put that together with a guy falling out of the window and dying like you did. But I had to go, Whoa, wait a minute here. I'm super distracted. I need to take just a moment and collect my thoughts and say, Okay, I'm going to be thinking about what I'm reading and not thinking about what I'm thinking about. And so I think, even, you know, even the, because sleep's a natural thing. There's nothing sinful about sleeping. And especially if the preacher goes till midnight. Right. Uh, You know, nothing sinful about that. But, Something is, you know, it's a, it's a good, you know, picture of things. And I don't want to, I don't want to get distracted even with a, it can be a, not a sinful thought at all, not even worry, just plain distracted. I'm thinking about, you know, something I got to do that day. One of the things that has helped me in, in that area is if I'm spending some time with the Lord and I get distracted thinking about what I've got to do that day is I just write it down. I'll just reach over to the paper next to me and write down what I have to do. Oh, fix doc. I'll put that down. Fix doc. Boom. Exclamation point. And now that thing's not bothering me anymore. I'm not trying to figure out how to do it or where I'm going to get the stuff or, you know, blah, blah, blah. All the stuff that runs through a man's mind when he's got a job to do. I set it aside, but I didn't set it aside to lose it. I set it aside to go back to it later, mm-hmm. and that helps me to go, okay, now I'm focusing on the Word, and it could be, oh, you forgot your wife's birthday, and you're like, oh, no, and you could lose your complete train of thought for, you know, all morning over that, so instead, I write, you know, hey, do something with Carolyn's birthday, and then I can get back to focusing on the Word of God. That's one thing that helps me with the distractions, uh, not as big as a trial, right? not as big as sin, but... A distraction, just writing it down helps me.
0: I think Paul's intentionality, like you were saying before, like the, that the progression that the Holy Spirit was taking him on inside of here where we opened up the conversation with really starts to shine through because he has to say something to these people because being knowing that his end would be bound in the Spirit yeah. and wouldn't be good, he's like, no, I've got to say this now because I won't have tomorrow. But something that really stood out to me is it says, and he insisted to sail past Ephesus. And I want to encourage you guys today that there's some things you need to sail past. That's good. All right? Like, and guess what was in Ephesus? People that love him very much. Um, If this is Batman, Robin is in Ephesus, Timothy. Okay? So he loves him very much. But he had to sail past that. Because who was in the moment was more important than something else that wasn't. And I have to tell myself when that comes to my phone, when it comes to, uh, once again, being distracted in- internally, that I need to sail past that. Because this is the only moment I have with my son to to do whatever we're doing in that moment. And it doesn't always have to be a fun thing. It could be helping him with his homework. Or Absolutely. this is the only moment I have with my wife. So I'm going to sail past something because what God has called me to in the moment is much more important now because you only really have now you know um to to be you so i, I want to encourage some people out there be free of having to be everything to everyone at all times sail past some things it's okay paul Oh,
1: wow, that's a, that's a great encouragement David. do I've, I, in fact i spent a little time thinking about why would he do that you know why right. would he sail past it it's a 20 mile journey that he was going to take that many he, men he was going to walk 20 miles instead of sail on a ship. Now, I, my personality and what I like, I'd rather sail on a ship Amen. than walk 20 miles. But there are some people that hate boats, and they would rather walk just for the practical reason of, I'd rather not get on that boat. I'd rather walk. And, you know, my wife, if you gave her a choice from walking 20 miles or going out in the ocean in a boat, she'd walk 20 miles because she, doesn't, she gets seasick and she doesn't like it out there. So I thought, okay, practical reason, Eh, I doubt it. Then I got to thinking he's he's got several really big things in front of him. He's got this last meeting because even though he didn't go to Ephesus, he sailed past it. He invited Ephesus to come to him. He sailed past it and then said, "You guys, I want to meet you in Miletus." And they had to travel thirty miles. That's so good to get to Miletus. And he was going to talk to them for the last time. If it was the last time I was going to speak to East Coast Christian Center in my lifetime, I probably need a 20-mile walk wow, and a day, 24 hours, to collect my heart and thoughts
0: Mm -hmm.
1: of to say, Lord, still my heart. Man, I'm getting emotional just thinking about this. Still my heart. Lord, I don't want to be with anybody right now. I just want to be with you. Speak to me. And he went alone. He walked. He, you know, and then on top of that, he knows he's going after that. He's going to Jerusalem bound with chains. To end up in Rome, to end up wherever he did. You know, that's the other thing. Sail past the distraction. But make sure you sail into the plan of God for your life. That's so good. And uh, that can be something as as wonderful and beautiful as spending time with your wife or your son or your or anybody in your family doing whatever that type of thing is, or it could be a, a, a long walk alone with Jesus. Whatever it is, sometimes we've got to sail past those things in our life to make sure we take
0: time in those other areas. And that's so good. Cause I mean, just even feeling your heart and your words, like you would have to have a moment with your family before you could even speak in a, in yeah. a moment, just with you and Matt, even yeah. just the, the walk that the, that would take place before you hit that moment. And those are important moments. You really get to see Paul's superpower in this though, Whoa. on a more sh- shallower level. Um, you really get to see it inside this. Ch- uh, it's, and it's not his great speaking or or the works of the Holy Spirit and miracles, which we might gravitate towards. But for me, I get to see how he actually has learned to handle failure with the trait of patience. When we fail sometimes, we might go into bulldog mode and try harder and grind harder and work harder. Or we might shut down. Paul's like, hey, whoa, my joy doesn't come from my accomplishments. Like, don't, no, no, I don't get puffed up on what you guys see me doing. I, I can be patient. And listen, I've tried to go to Macedonia, and they've shut me down before. And the way I mean they, I mean God. Yeah. So listen, um, failure doesn't define me. So I'm cool being who I am with Jesus. And I want to encourage you guys with that too. And really all of us as we look at this is, listen, failures is just wisdom in different form if you embrace it right. And you got to have patience if we're going to pass those tests. So. Yeah. But wow, time. it's time yeah. I didn't
1: even notice, let's take a break We'll be back in a minute You are listening to Morning
0: Breath From East Coast Christian Center Merritt Island, Vieira and Cocoa For over 30 years, C.B. Plumbing has been a family-owned and operated business that is dedicated and proud to serve the Brevard County community. C.B. Plumbing covers both drain and sewer line cleaning for commercial and residential. C.B. Plumbing, for all your plumbing needs. 321-783-6000. That's 321-783-6000. Customer satisfaction is their guarantee.
1: This is Morning 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 (laughs) Bread. Verse 19 and 20, Serving the Lord with all humility, with many tears and trials, which happened to me by the plotting of the Jews, how I kept nothing or kept back nothing that was helpful, but proclaimed it to you and taught you publicly from house to house.
0: Man, that is so encouraging because it's like you hear Paul saying that. And then I think about how when James talks about that, too, when he's like, hey, listen, guys, when when you do this, when you go out, you know, be humble, be submitted, you know, submit yourself to God. But then it parallels right with it with, you know, Paul gave his best. And sometimes when we have ideas or we have things that we want to do and we see someone else doing it, Mm -hmm. it can stir up in us jealousy or or envy or bitterness to say, oh man, I want to do that they took my idea. But that comes back to the James thing where he says, you know what, Um, if you're going about and you're getting jealous, it's because you want something for your own desire. Mm -hmm. I love that Paul here had one desire, and that was the name of Jesus was being lifted up. Actually, I'd say two desires. The name of Jesus being lifted up and that the people of God were taking their next steps with Jesus.
1: You know, it says here, be helpful. Mm -hmm. And I think that sometimes we, you know, people get this idea, I'm going to correct the church, I'm going to fix the church, I'm going to do that. Is it because you want to be helpful? Come on. And so Paul, whatever he did, even when it was hard, He did what he did because it was helpful. He said, I held nothing back in proclaiming what was helpful. Who can you help or fully help today? God bless you guys. Have a
0: great day. See you, Pastor David. See you. Thank you for listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center. We hope to see you at one of our locations this weekend.